Now they have the, those fucking screen time reports. Oh, I know. Mine said, I just got one on the way over Jesus. here. And they were like, your screen time this week is up 7% from last week. You may want to keep an eye on that. I'm like, don't judge like, me. fuck off. With your shame report. I don't need this shit. something like five hours and 58 minutes a day. Ugh. And I was like, eat. Oh, God. <laughs> Ooh. It's, but it's but that's pretty average, I think. You know, work emails. Yeah. I mean, I'm sitting here right now with it open. I'm not using it, but it's, you know. Yeah. That contributes to my screen time. Which, speaking of which, should we get a podcast started, maybe? Maybe we should start our podcast. Maybe we should start our podcast. Oh, my God. Welcome to Start It Good. Probably not. <laughs> Are you a good witch or a bad bitch? Bad bitch, bad bitch. I've been a rebel all my life. We will not remain hidden figures. We have names. Oh, if it's naughty to rule your lips, take your shoulders, take your hips, and let a lady confess I want to be bad. I didn't kid you, did I? Well, now you know. Welcome to Good Witches, Bad Bitches, where we talk about Good witches and bad bitches. <laughs> Where we talk about some ladies. Uh, that's my contribution. That was really good. <laughs> Thank you. We talk about ladies across the spectrum of history. And that's pretty much That's it. pretty much all you need to know. You know? That's the basic thing. We're talking about good ones we're and bad ones. We're talking about bad ones. We're talking about ones that were maybe framed, ones mm-hmm. that were maybe legitimately, you know, thrown Fucked into up. prison because <laughs> they were psychos. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just ladies yeah. talking about them. Yeah. Yeah. Getting getting your weekly fix of ladies. Weekly fix? But this is not porn. Go somewhere else for that. <laughs> Sorry, Deanna. <laughs> I was like trying to figure out a way to fr- be like, or you know, don't. I didn't Some write people... any smut for this, so damn it. Sorry, no fan fiction. No fan fiction. Not not this week. Yeah. Oh my god. You know what would horrify me is going back to my fanfiction.net account. Don't do it. I wrote. Don't do it. I never completed a single one, but I was thirteen, <sighs> writing. Oh my god, it was like Draco Hermione fan fiction. Oh my god. No. <laughs> His face. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my god. Yeah, you I don't would wanna... never my 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 uh pen name on fanfiction.net is de- most definitely not something that I've ever used anywhere else, so. Oh no, yeah, I'm not sharing mine. Hell sorry. no. Uh sorry, but that's not what this podcast is about. No. Anyway. <laughs> Draco Hermione fan fiction? No. My favorite was Draco Harry fan fiction. I was oh, so God. into that for some weird reason, even yeah. though that would have been such a terrible combo. I don't, yeah. Why would Harry ever get with Draco? What's funny is there are like, there are two versions of Draco that everybody knows whether they realize that they know that about, you know, themselves and right. the the world of Harry Potter. Like there's the Draco that JK Rowling wrote and then there's the Draco that fan fiction created. And I think we often, even people who never read fan fiction think of Draco in that way now because fan fiction was is so like pervasive right. these days. Right. I mean, hello, 50 shades of gray. Yeah, oh yeah. Fan fiction. Fan fiction. I mean, I don't know. I think about maybe I sometimes wonder if part of why I love Avatar so much is because Zuko kind of went on the journey that I wished Draco would have gone on. Don't give too many spoilers. Purely I'm for showing fan it fiction. To him. But yes. Journey. That's all. That's he, all I said. Yeah. That's all good. No, You've never seen Avatar? No, we've seen we've watched most of the first season now. Oh thank God. We literally well actually we finished season one. <sighs> book one. We just got the introduction. The last shot was the first introduction to Azula. All right. <laughs> All right. So we won't go any it's further in that. so good. But Except it is so I good. weirdly was a, a big old Zutara shipper. And, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. Because duh. Duh. But that to me was the, okay, but you were Draco Hermione, so. Okay. okay. Yeah, but, 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 but Zuko's journey. <laughs> I saw a great meme. You know that he protect he attack meme. Yeah. You yes. do. She probably doesn't. I saw. Yeah, great, I showed it you, to you. But your avatar fan. Okay, there was it was Zuko based. It was like he protect he attack, but most importantly he get his honor back. And I was like, this is the best. <laughs> oh, 
I oh, I wish I still had it. I saved some because I was I trying to. I didn't know you guys were big a- ATLA fans. I don't know how we got onto this. Um, Fan fiction. <laughs> but let's uh, let's transition. Well, I have one quick addendum that is weeks late. But I want to do it for my mother. Oh, yes. So my mom, who did the wonderful episode about Bernice Abbott, the photographer, um, was so upset when she realized, like, hours after we left recording, that she neglected to tell the world her favorite Bernice Abbott quote. So I want to just toss it on in because it's a a pretty good one. Yeah. So, um, like, Bernice Abbott obviously would photograph the entire city. And um, at the time, the Bowery was like a really, really sketchy neighborhood. And she was going to go down there to photograph what she saw at the Bowery. Where's the Bowery? It's southern Manhattan. Um, And so it says, working in the Bowery, Abbott made photographs like Blossom Restaurant in which a handwritten menu sprawls like graffiti across a restaurant window in 1935. The poet Charles Simic has written that he could survive a long, solitary confinement if he could study this photograph at leisure. Hmm. When a male supervisor told Abbott that, quote, nice girls don't go to the Bowery, she replied, buddy, I'm not a nice girl. I'm a photographer. <laughs> I go anywhere. Love it. Which is one of her, like, best, most famous quotes where it's like, no, no, no. I'm a photographer. I do what the fuck I want. Damn I straight. go everywhere. That whole nice concept, girls. Like, nice girls don't go down there. That reminds yeah. me actually of like when I worked at the burger restaurant that I, I first served at when I came to the city. Like I was on Tinder like you do when you're a single gal in the city. And there was one of my coworkers who was like a New Yorker born and bred. So we kind of had that sort of like tough New Yorker. Oh, like, yeah. And he comes up to me and we weren't particularly close, but like we weren't unfriendly in any way. He was a nice guy. But he, he was like, hey, can, can I talk to you for a second? And I was like, what? And he's like, I saw you on Tinder. I was like, what are you doing on Tinder? And I was like, uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he goes, you're, you're a nice girl. Nice girls aren't, aren't on Tinder. And I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, T- what? He was basically implying that I did not come across like slutty enough to be on Tinder. I was like, first of all, buddy, you clearly don't know me very well. And second of all, lots of people, like, you don't see the dude side of Tinder just because you're a creep. Yeah, also, fuck you for thinking that the way to be, like, brotherly here is to shame me for being on Tinder. It wasn't even a shame thing. It was, he was just like, he was like, what? You're not not the person I thought you were in some ways. Sort of. It was, it was, it was meant to be protective, I guess. That's why I say brotherly. But that's like, there were a number of dudes at that restaurant because we were always in close physical proximity, which is how Tinder works. And they'd be swipey, swipey, swipe. Yeah. And they would be like, saw you on Tinder. And I'm like, yeah, it's weird. I'm a fucking human person. I'm allowed to be on Tinder. I don't know. But it was like some sort of level of like, Shame is the wrong word, but it's like a, a a cheeky wink of like I know what type so of girl you're, you are. You are a DTF, huh? And uh, meh. yeah, whatever. I thought it was weird, and it, there was also a weird interaction with one of the dudes I dated there, who was like, "Can we talk about the awkward moment where I swipe right on you and you never swipe left?" And I was like, "Or and you clearly swipe swipe left because we never matched." And I was like. I don't remember ever seeing you, so I don't think that that happened. Also, but- it's Tinder. Fuck off. Why are... Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna. And I was like, and clearly we're sleeping together now, so why do you- Why is that... <laughs> like, in- why are you bringing it up? In conclusion, nice girls can do whatever the fuck they want. Right, but, you know. Period. I guess I, I, I'm somewhere in between. I'm not. I'm not a nice girl, but I'm not a bad girl either. I'm chaotic good. Why does nice have to be like why chaotic does bad good have to be the yeah. chaotic good? Do you know your alignment? I don't know. So you want to tell me about a lady? I do. Tell I me do. about it. Okay, so tell it's, about it. It's October. It is still October. You're um, correct. Next week is Halloween, Ooh. which is very exciting. Spooky spooks. But um, yeah, we've been kind of doing some some ladies that fall into a a spookier theme and realm and I'm going to continue with that. Woohoo! Um in fact when when you were talking about 
uh, Elizabeth Bathory last week, I was like, holy shit, this feels kind of familiar. So we're going to go back to the medieval times. Um, quite a bit earlier than, than Elizabeth, though. I don't know what that noise was I just made. I mean, it's I was like a little chimp. Dolphin-esque. Like, like yeah. really excited. Yeah. <laughs> You're weird. I'm really weird, Hannah. <laughs> oh, who would be who would we be if we weren't weird? Okay, so I'm gonna tell you about Alice Kittler. Okay. Who was the first woman to be accused of witchcraft in Ireland? Okay. Period. Full stop. Full stop. And it, at I, least that's been recorded. Well, it was a big thing for a few reasons. In part because witchcraft at the time, something you mentioned last week, is that magic was kind of seen as like part of part of life. Like yeah. a lot of mm-hmm. folk remedies were, were used for healing people and little things like po- potions and spells were totally a normal thing. Like white witches were yeah, kind like, of a like standard. Yeah, like tinctures and uh-huh. it's medicine. It's medicine. Or even like little rituals that were designed to, you know, sort of be prayer-like. Mm. Um, that was all totally normal. Um, and even at the time, people who were charged with heresy didn't, they weren't put to death. That wasn't a thing where. What time are we talking? 1200s. Okay. 12 to 1300s. Okay. Um so yeah, so it, it was a it was a crime, certainly, but it was not a crime that was punishable by like extreme methods of execution. Right. We are pre-Spanish Inquisition here. <laughs> yes. So to be accused of witchcraft in this way, in the sense that this woman was, was very different from the way people were accused of heresy and witchcraft in years before. Got it. So, um, so yeah, Alice Kittler, first woman accused of witchcraft in Ireland. In Ireland. Um, I took from a couple of different uh, places. I took from Wikipedia. I took from um, historyireland.com. And I also listened to a podcast um, called The Irish History Podcast, which is really cool. And I'm going to go listen to uh, their other episodes because they're really great. But he had a short episode on Alice. And um, that was how I figured out how to spell or pronounce Kittler because the name is spelled K-Y-T-E-L-E-R. I would I would have said Kiteller. Kiteller. Um so it's Kittler. And um so Alice was born Gaelic languages like to add a bunch of weird letters in spots. Yeah. There's a lot of weird names. But also, I don't think Kittler is Irish. She came from a Flemish family that settled in in Kilkenny County, Ireland. This says County Kilkenny, but you know what I mean. Because that's how they phrase it over there. Yeah, it's weird. I think. Fucking Irish people are weird. Okay. (laughs) So, Alice was born in Kittler's house in Kilkenny, Ireland, the only child of a Flemish family of merchants who settled in Ireland in the mid to late 13th century, so 1200s. They were well-to-do, and Alice, therefore, married well. In in 1280, I was going to say 2080, in 1280, Alice Kittler married William Outlaw. Nice. Great name. A wealthy Kilkenny merchant and a moneylender by whom she had a son, also named William. Surprise, surprise. Surprise. Who subsequently became her chief business partner later on. Her son did? Her son did. Okay. Um, and it was apparently pretty normal. Wives and mothers of medieval merchants frequently participated in family business. And I don't know why that is. That was just kind of a thing that was normal back then. So there you go. Well, it's a whole family thing. Yeah, it's a family I mean, that affair. makes sense. I think that uh, frequently, unless you were nobility, like women were expected to contribute to the work. Yeah, in some way. Whether you were in the field, then you were contributing in the fields. And if you were in the money lending Household, then that's what you were doing. Right. So before um, before her, she and her son went into business, obviously before he was an adult, um, William Sr. died. And Alice remarried very quickly. Yeah, because being a single woman is hard. Yes, exactly. Like that in and of itself wasn't actually that unusual 
because the short lifespans uh, of most people in medieval times meant that people, women would be widowed and remarried more than once, if not multiple times. <laughs> so um, suspicions grew, though, around her and her new husband, Adam Blund of Kalan, or Callan, Kalan, who was also... C-A-L-L-A-N? C-A-L-L-A-N. Callan, I think. Callan. I say with the confidence of a pro. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I think Kalan is not right. Callan sounds like... You're right. Yeah, I think you're more right. More Irish. We'll go with that. I don't know. Um, he was also a money lender. And people thought that they may have been in on it together, that they may have, you know, murdered her husband in some way, her first husband. Okay. Um, but ultimately, those accusations Under went what, away. On what grounds? The fact that he died and she remarried so quickly and obviously – so widows were entitled to money of their, you know, spouse. deceased spouse yeah. as makes sense. Um, so I think the the accusations were based on the fact that, like, she – this guy died and then she was, like, remarried instantly mm-hmm. and obviously reaped the benefits of her husband having died. Like, the the monetary. So, anyway. That's kind of dumb, but okay. So, so yeah. People thought that they might have been responsible. No charges were ever brought forward. No one ever proved it. And they kept on, you know, doing their thing and living their life. So, um... It's just, like, whispers? It's just whispers. But it does get a little hairy. Because, <laughs> um, a few years later, Adam was, uh, uh, dead as well. He died. The second husband. The second husband. Of some mysterious illness. And then her third husband came right into the picture, Richard Val. Was he um, also a moneylender? I actually am not sure. You uh, did not sure? I did not. I did not. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, I don't know. Maybe. Okay. But every time a husband died, obviously, she got a share of the estate, which was at the time called a, widow, a widow's dower. Yeah. And she wasn't the only one profiting. Her son, William Outlaw, was also sharing in the monetary benefits of his mother's marriages because anytime he had a debt, like with Adam uh, uh, Blund, who was a money lender, lender, good God, Adam Blund, who was a money lender, any of his debts would be forgiven by that guy. So I think I have to assume that Richard Val was also probably a money lender because William Outlaw was... Her, her son was benefiting from her being married to these dudes. Cool. Um, so Richard Val's kids really didn't like her. And for obvious reasons, they didn't want her to get any share in her husband's estate um, because they didn't like her. But she sued and got it and then married again. So when her fourth husband, John Lepore. Wait, we're on a fourth husband now? Fourth husband. Wait, what happened to the third one? So there was Adam and Richard Val. Um, and he, he uh, oh yeah, he died. Oh shit, did I not put that in there? You said, yeah, you I guess said, I didn't. You said she was on her third yeah. husband and now he she's died. on her fourth. Okay. Yeah, so he died. Quickly? Oh yeah, so I, I said Richard Val's kids really didn't like her and for obvious reasons didn't want oh, I her to get any were... share in her husband's estate, but I missed the part where he died. Oh, I, thought, I just assumed you were talking about the second husband still. No, nope. I just skipped over that very important detail. Well, now we're on the same page. Now we know. He died. So that's three husbands dead. Um, and so, yes. She's so black widowing it. Now her fourth husband, John Lepore, P-O-E-R. The Purr. Purr. <laughs> uh, when he fell ill Uh-oh. in 1324. Jesus. He actually expressed the suspicion that he was being poisoned. So his Ooh. hair and his fingernails were, were falling out, which is consistent with arsenic poisoning. Oh, shit. Yeah. And he did die. So after his death, the children of Lepore and of her previous three husbands got together. And they were all like, okay, this shit's suspicious. And she's making money. This is money. too many dead husbands. Yeah. Um, so apparently. And how, like, what's the, the number of years between husband one and husband four? Can't be can't, um, can't be that many. So she married William Outlaw in 1280, which is her first husband. Which is her first husband, and John Lepore fell ill in 1324. So that's one husband every ten years, basically. Mm-hmm. All right. Yes. So, um, so his children, 
managed to get into her room and they found a locked chest supposedly and they pried it open and there was all sorts of weird shit in there Uh oh creepy things uh, again supposedly um because it was the 1300s they were like this shit is evidence of um black magic uh-huh. so they accused her of poisoning their father that's not black magic that's and, just poison <laughs> and they accused her of sorcery against, again just against poison their fathers <laughs> yeah um, that's just plain old murder <laughs> if a, that's true but apparently she was using witchcraft to do it okay you know spells and push potions and scary things i don't know fear of the unknown yeah so from there um something interesting happened because that generally that probably would not have gone much further like she might have been she might have been accused of killing her husbands and taken a trial and like you know uh charged with murder okay fine but someone else got involved so before now witchcraft had not really been connected with devil worship in the way that it was once the witch trials got going um, magic was part of an part of everyday life, as we've talked about. Um, but now, for the first time, and probably in part because of some of the the things that it looked like Alice had been getting away with, witchcraft was being associated with evil and with the devil. So uh-huh. her accusers came forward with the following charges, and these go fucking crazy. Seven charges were brought against Alice Kittler and her associates, which up until now, in most of the things, in most of the articles I read, her associates were not mentioned, but then a few people were brought forward, mostly like servants and people who were in her household. And they were now named as her associates in this in these issues. Isn't that funny? It's it's the same thing like last week with Elizabeth Bathory. Yeah. Just like they're implicated just by being around. Yep. Yep. Just by being there. Um, so those seven charges were that they were denying Christ in the church, that they cut up living animals and scattered the pieces at crossroads as offerings to a demon called the son of art in return for his help. Okay. Um, that they stole the keys of the church and held meetings there at night. That in the skull of a robber, they placed the intestines and internal organs of roosters, worms, nails cut from dead bodies, hairs from the buttocks and clothes from the boy from boys who had died before being baptized. It goes on that from this brew, they made potions to incite people to love, hate and kill uh, and afflict Christians that Alice herself had a... We're not that far removed from druids anyway, so... I mean, yeah. Um, That Alice herself had a certain demon as Incubus by whom she permitted to be known carnally. Demon fucker. Demon fucker. And that um, appeared either as a cat, shaggy black dog, or as a black man. Because, of course, they had to find a way to demonize black men at that time. Because we have to be... (sighs) Bring bestiality and racism into it. Of course. Uh, And that Alice had used sorcery to murder some of her husbands and to infatuate others, with the result that they gave all their possessions to her and her son, William Outlaw, thus impoverishing her stepchildren. Furthermore, they claimed that Alice's fourth husband was poisoned. Um, a description of him in 1324 is emaciated with nails torn out and body hair removed, all consistent with arsenic poisoning, lends credence to the latter accusation. Right. Which is that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's very possible that she was doing some bad shit. Chances are, if she was doing bad shit, she was doing it with arsenic. Something very simple and commonplace. But this turned into, like, the stepchildren being pissed that she got any portion of of the estate and being like, how do we, I mean, this is my assumption, but, like, how do we make it so that people pay fucking attention and actually get get this person? Permanently. Permanently. And part of this was because um, someone named Richard Ledred, (laughs) good name, 
not spelled the way it's pronounced, L-E-D-R-E-D-E, but Ladred. <laughs> Richard Ladred. I nice. like that. Nice. Bishop of Ossory. Oh, he's a bishop. Never he's mind. a bishop. I take it back. Yep, he's a church person. Um, he was obsessed with the laws of the church and morality. He grew up deeply religious and became a Franciscan friar very young, and he was rocked by a case that happened between 1308 and 1310 while he was studying in Avignon, where King Philip IV of France accused some Knights Templar of heresy and witchcraft in order to get out of paying them the vast amounts of money he owed them. Yes, yes. He owed them money and he went, I don't want to have to pay you. Witches! So you guys are witches and there's the reason I don't have to pay you any money. Great. Because I would be paying money to the devil and that's heresy. So they tortured members of the order in order to extract confessions of worship of demons and heresy and witchcraft. Mm. And it had a very profound impact on Richard Ladred who was like, oh, that's how you get witches to confess. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. And he continued to be fascinated with witchcraft and heresy and, like, eradicating it from the earth. So. Through means of torture. I mean, yeah, through any means necessary. Fun. So when the case was presented before him in 1324, he seized the opportunity, um, especially considering that he was deeply suspicious of Kittler, who was an independent and wealthy woman, um, something that was pretty much really scary and unheard of at the time, as we know from possibly Elizabeth Bathory. Uh, So, uh, Ladred made initial attempts to have Kittler arrested, and Kittler called on the assistance of her powerful friends. Um, the bishop himself was jailed and questioned by Sir Arnold Lepore, so one of oh. one of um, her previous husbands, her the husband she had just supposedly killed, um, one of his relatives. And on, so he was there for a while, and like people would come to his cell and, you know pay their respects and basically he was he was drawing a large crowd in the jail and Ugh. Arnold Lepower was kind of like oh shit I did the wrong thing I maybe shouldn't have made a martyr out of this guy right and so he they finally released the bishop and on his release he renewed his efforts to have Kittler imprisoned he was pretty much like all right this is my mission in life now like you've just renewed the devil my... just tried to stop me yes which only reinforced that I need to keep going yes so, so the bishop wrote to the Chancellor of Ireland, Robert, outlaw, demanding that she be arrested. Wait, the Chancellor was Robert Outlaw? Roger Outlaw. Roger. Did I say Robert? You did. Roger. Roger Outlaw. So he was an outlaw. <laughs> but he was part of that family. <laughs> so, um, so he wrote to the, the Chancellor demanding that she be arrested. Ladred's use of the decretal? Sure. Which is a church thing designed to protect the faith um, uh, during inquisitions demanded that secular powers should concede to church wishes. And this point of law became a thorny issue throughout the trial. Kittler was related to the chancellor. Yep. um, And he asked the bishop to drop the case. A delay in proceedings in which the chancellor insisted the accused be excommunicated 40 days before arrest allowed Alice to flee to Roger Outlaw. Um, Ladred obviously accused him of harboring heretics. Oh, Lord. So it was after some months of stalemate that one of Kittler's servants, Petronella de Meath, was That's tortured and confessed to witchcraft. In fact, her confession is where they got most of their charges. Their seven charges. So, yeah, her confession detailed her involvement, along with Alice's, in six out of seven of the above-listed crimes. Um, It would seem, although her testimony was obviously, like, forced and completely unreliable because she was tortured, um, that the accusers gained most of their information from that confession. So all the shit about, like, you know, rooster intestines and, you know, a robber's skull and the demon Robert Art and blah, blah, blah. Like, all of that came from Petronella, who was tortured. So that wasn't stuff. Son of Art. Is that even in the Bible? 
I I, I don't am the demon think so. Son of art. I really don't think so, but whatever. Uh, or she was like, son of a, um art. 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 That's who it was. Yes, it was art. Please stop. Please stop torturing me. Oh, shit. Knocking my you shit. You whacked the fuck out of your mic. I know. Sorry. So, although the testimony did implicate Kettler to performing heresy, questions concerning Petronella's credibility came into light, especially when examining the contents of her confession. Um, so in Ladred's retelling of Petronella's confession, he writes, On one of these occasions, by the crossroads, outside the city, she had made an offering of three cocks, slash roosters, to a certain demon whom she called Robert, <laughs> son of Art, from the depths of the underworld. She had poured out the cock's blood, cut the animals into pieces, and mixed the intestines with spiders and other black worms like scorpions uh, with an herb called milfoil, and blah, 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 on and on it went. Um, she consented to a pact whereby she would be the medium between Alice and the said Robert, her friend. Um, <laughs> my friend Robert. My friend Robert. The He's apparition. <laughs> the, uh, uh, da, 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 uh, oh, uh, supposedly Petronella like watched the demon and Alice have intercourse, and um, uh, yeah, I mean she she confessed to all of this weird shit. But she didn't join in though. She just watched. It. She just watched. She was yeah. She was like um, you know. A voyeur to mm-hmm. demonic sex. Yeah, as you are, you know. Just... I would be curious. I'd be like, wait, what? I mean, that's some pretty weird shit. I don't know that I could look away. Like a car crash. Um, <laughs> yes. So, and this is something that, that one of the articles, I can't remember which one, brought up. But given that ergot, er- ergo poisoning, E-R-G-O-T, ergo poisoning, Which was basically gangrene and also caused convulsions and hallucinations. Um, And it it was historically caused by eating grain products that were contaminated with this, you know, fungus that caused ergotism. Um, Was prevalent in 14th century Europe. Scholars argue that Petronella could have suffered from an ergot or ergo induced fever dream, um, whose effects would have been similar to that of LSD. So in short, she may have eaten contaminated uh, grain. Isn't this what they thought about? There was like a collective period where, oh, they thought this about the fucking Salem witchcraft trials. Yeah. That everybody had fucking bread mold. Yeah. LSD shit happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's a grain fungus. And it causes, you know, crazy fucking shit. It's a, a psychoactive... Yep. Um, And of course, they didn't know that at the time because they were still eating like moldy bread because they just didn't know better. They didn't have anything else either. And they didn't have anything else. Um, So yeah. So in other words, Petronella may have actually believed to have seen these events. She may have actually, instead of like, rather than it just being them torturing her until she says something, she might have actually thought this stuff was going on. It's very possible. So she cooperated. Fuck. With the bishop and... um, you know all of the all of the people who were torturing her and had her on trial and blah blah blah. So she cooperated and she thought that that would get them to you know be nicer Go to easy her. Easy on her. And uh, they did not cut her some slack. They did not cut her any slack. They didn't cut a deal. That's nope. how it works now. Yep, that's how it works now. But even though they were not true to their word. I mean, they didn't even give her. Yeah, they may not have. I mean, she may have just been totally fucking poisoned and not had any idea what she was may going have just on. Hoped. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in spite of her testimony, um, it instead led to her death. And she was Petronella? burned. Petronella. She was burned at the stake for witchcraft. Oh Jesus! Christ. And heresy. And she was the first person in Ireland to be burned at the stake for these crimes. Um, and the first sentence to death for heresy. Um, and her testimony was also enough, in their minds, to lead prosecutors to move forward against Kittler. However, Alice Kittler supposedly fled to England. Okay. She appears no further in contemporary records. The bishop continued to pursue her working class associates, again with that word, um, and there were a, f- a few of them bringing charges of witchcraft against them. So Petronella obviously was one of them. Um, Petronella's daughter fled with Kittler, which 
I think is probably good because she would have been burned too. Um, Hitler's yeah. son, William Outlaw, was also accused. However, he was a man, so it was fine. He, yeah, quote, recanted and was ordered to hear three masses a day for a year and to feed the poor. That was his sentence. So Petronella was burned at the stake. Petronella but... was burned at the stake. And he was like, oh, just Which, go by the way, would be people. one of the worst ways to die. Yes. It would be horrific. I mean, I can't even imagine. Okay. I mean, that's it. That's really... That's... But she fled and disappeared. She fled. She disappeared. Um, Petronella... Just like a witch. Oh. Yep. Just like a fucking witch. Mm-hmm. Those fucking witches... And they're fleeing, and they're poisons, and they're cats. And they're kitty familiars. Yep. Yeah, so Petronella took the fall for that, and she was the first person in Ireland to be put to death for witchcraft, in, in especially in the manner that they, that they did. And it was mainly because this Bishop Ossery guy, uh, Bishop of Ossery, was like, I think witchcraft is a real horrible, terrible thing, and I'm gonna like go make sure lots of people confess to it. And I know exactly the methods to make sure that they confess. Yep, I was, re- we'll I was get really these impressed. Real, upon. true, honest answers out of them. Yep, by torturing the shit out of them. Yep, yeah. doesn't work. I mean, clearly it did. Not to get an honest confession. No, but it satisfied him. It got the job done. It got what you wanted. Yeah, it got what he wanted. that's how torture works. And then, of course, the witch trials, I mean, or the witch, the the period of time where women and some men were burned at the stake for witchcraft really started or pretty soon. Or crushed under stones. After that, yeah. Like or Giles like, Corey mentioned a couple weeks ago, anniversary of his death. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, they were put to death in, in it's, it's lots like of different a, it's awful a, you, ways. You, you're fucked if you do, you fucked if you don't situation because it's like you confess and you get executed. You don't confess and you get tortured until you die because they want to get the confession. Right. Or there's like the method that they used to use where they would um, dunk a, a woman into a lake. And if she drowned, then she wasn't a witch. But if she if she Survives. survived, then she was a witch and had to be put to death. So they were basically like... Real, real solid detective work, everybody. I mean, fuck. <laughs> she dies either way, so why are you even bothering? It's about her reputation. Exactly. Okay, Kat, we're almost done. You can fucking hold Promise. your horses. Do you have any uh, d- d- on this day in history that you want to lay on me? So... Lay it on me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> there are some interesting things that, that like, kind of... Sp- Spooky Halloweeny things that happened, um, <laughs> yeah. which I find funny. <laughs> you <I> creep! <laughs> oh my god! Uh, oh, I'm so stupid. <laughs> Let's see. Where was it that I wanted? To- oh yeah, um, this one. 1593 was the alleged teleportation. Of Spanish soldier Gil Perez from the Philippines to Mexico. I've heard about this. I've never heard about that. Because he, like, showed up and was like, I just came from the Philippines. So-and-so just died. And they were like, you're insane. And then weeks later, because that's the time that it takes, it showed that he was giving news that he was weeks ahead of how long it would have taken for, like, the actual news to travel. It's crazy. It's so weird. It's unexplained. But also, maybe he was from the future. Maybe he was an alien. You never know. I mean, I think lots of us probably are. What if he's a time traveler? <gasps> Except for he was baffled by the teleportation. He was like, what the fuck? Why am I here? I was just in the Philippines. Where am I now? Mexico? Shit. I got to look more into this. I recently just read about it. That's a really fucking weird story that I have never heard. But this was the date of the teleportation? The date? Yeah. The stro- what's the day? Uh, it, it was 16. Sorry, I was scrolling back. It was, uh, da, 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 oh, 1593. What day? October. October 24th. Oh, good call. I didn't say that, did I? October 24th. Um, yeah. Teleportation. Happened today. Whip, whip, whip. Yeah. 
Uh, some other dumb shit. Uh, 1861, West Virginia secedes from Virginia. Congrats. <laughs> Congrats. Now you have accomplished so much by your secession. Yep. Um, 1901. Know, oh, sorry. 1901. 1901, the first woman to go over Niagara Falls in a barrel was today. Anna Taylor. She's probably very cold. Probably very cold. Late October in New York mm-hmm. slash Canada. Yep. Yeah. 1901. Would have been Canada, presumably, because Horseshoe Falls was the one that people went over, and that's the Canadian side. Yes, ma'am. 1926, Harry Houdini's last performance. Uh, at the Garrick Theater in Detroit, Michigan. Before he gets punched in the stomach. Yep. Famous immigrant, Harry Houdini. 1926. Uh, 1929, the Black Thursday, start of the stock market crash. Oh, shit. Yep. The Dow Jones went down 12.8%. That was the start of a real dark time. 1926. Um, I was going to say this one... But I think it's wrong because you said this one last week in 1931. We could investigate. I don't yeah, know. I think we should. Al Capone is sentenced to 11 years for tax evasion. Maybe it was. Maybe he was arrested, and maybe he was last week, no, and he was sentenced. Sentence. I don't know. I mean, these things are. Who knows? We don't fact check that hard. 1938, the U.S. forbids child labor in factories. About fucking time. 1938. Jesus. Can you believe that? That's so. I mean. I can't believe, I just can't believe that. Uh, 1945, the Charter of the United Nations comes into effect. What does that mean? It's, what does that mean? Uh, let, me, let me read it. It's basically the we the people of the United Nations is, is created to save succeeding generations from the scourge of war, which twice in our lifetime has brought untold sorrow to mankind, and to reaffirm faith in fundamental human rights in the dignity and warmth or worth of the human person in the equal rights of men and women and of nations large and small, and to establish conditions under which justice and respect for the obligations arising from treaties and other sources of international law can be maintained, and to promote social progress and better standards of life in larger freedom. I feel like that's really progressive. For You said that was the 40s? That was 1945. They said equal rights of men and women. I like know. We didn't even have like the proposed equal rights amendment in this country for like decades still to come. Women had only had the vote for 20 years. Yeah. Ish. Uh oh. 1954, Dwight Eisenhower pledges the United States support to South Vietnam. In the 50s? 1954. Wow, I didn't realize that conflict went on for that long. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was when he pledged our support. I don't actually know when we arrived. The the 50s was the Korean War. Mm hmm. Yep. Um. Uh, 1956, Margaret Towner. Becomes the first woman to be ordained into the Presbyterian Church. Cool, Margaret. In the United States of America. Sweet. Yeah. That is really cool, actually. Oh, my God. 1962, the Cuban Missile Crisis. There's a lot happening. Shit. Yeah. Soviet ships approach. It's very different than my experience with looking at last week's. I know. The Manchurian candidate came out in 1962 today. Wow. God. That's crazy. So 2008 was Bloody Friday, which saw many of the world's stock exchanges experience the worst declines in their history with oh, drops yeah. around 10%. That was the recession. So that's weird that our both of our fucking recessions started the same day, October 24th. Oh, yeah, that is weird. That's super fucking weird. Depression's all over the place. October. Spooky. Spooky, scary, weird shit. Deanna, tell me what you're excited about. I have two things that I want to quickly mention. Okay, so first, I want to just give like a mini plug for a podcast that I was introduced to pretty recently that is really cool called Reply All. Not that they terribly need the the publicity because it's a podcast that has a much stronger listenership than ours does even at this point Um, because they're produced like uh, by a company that pays them. Ooh. Yeah. 
Um, but it's, it's, so Reply All has podcasts that are always in some way related to technology. So, or, you know, technological connection. But it's like really well investigated, like really strong journalism, lots of travel, lots of detail, like lots of time taken to investigate the stories. Like they're the ones who did uh, the story about the tulpas, about people who think that it's basically they have disassociative identity disorder, but they think that they have fictional characters living. Yes. But they're not (laughs) disturbed by their people that that they talk to whatever they're called tulpas and they find their their like solace in their community and they do a really great piece on that um like uh this week's episode has to do with the comstat system in the and the nypd which is a computerized system within the police department that kind of um has created a lot of issues but like started really well like it's well intentioned and it, it it drove down crime significantly in the city at a time when New York crime was awfully high, like scarily high. Yeah. And um, was created by this one man. And so they kind of delve into that. There's like an episode on computer scams and like one of the journalists goes to India to meet with this this Indian scammer who, you know, when they call people and they're like, there's a virus on your computer. Yep. Give us $500 <laughs> and nothing's wrong. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's just, it, every single episode that I've listened to thus far is incredibly engaging and really wonderful. And I'm excited about it. Yeah. I gotta look at that. And when I say this week, it's two weeks behind. So. <laughs> it's all the weeks. And then also more in connection with Creepy Crawly, we're almost at Halloween. I have been reading this comic that Alex gave me and it's called Harrow County. Ooh. And it is creepy as hell. Is it like horror or? Kinda. So this is what it says on the back. It says, welcome to Harrow County. Young Emmy always knew that the woods surrounding her home crawled with ghosts and monsters, the countless haints of Harrow County. But on the eve of her 18th birthday, she learns that she's connected to these creatures and to the land itself in ways she never could have imagined. And basically the whole concept is that she is a reincarnated witch that the town murdered 18 years prior to her birth and she and like on her death the witch was like I will come back and I will fucking murder all of you. I will haunt your asses. And so this girl starts they're looking everywhere for signs of a person who shows um, witchcraft or shows like elements of it Mm -hmm. even unwittingly and Mm -hmm. uh, this girl realizes that it's probably her and her dad is upset and she like where i'm at at the beginning she just starts to run away because she overhears the town plotting to kill her and she's like what the fuck and she like runs that sounds awesome it's really cool and there's like a lot of like really creepy creatures and it starts off with like the scariest fucking like look at this imagery of the witch oh well who's the who are the writer and illustrator uh it's written by cullen bunn bunn and tyler crook it's Dark Horse, yeah. Dark Horse, okay, cool. And uh, I was trying to, I'm almost done with this one, and I was trying to find the second one at two comic shops in the city and haven't found them there. They have the first one or they have all the ones beyond. God damn it. But it's really creepy and really cool and... Perfect for Halloween. Perfect for Halloween. Shit. Yeah. That's fucking exciting. Yeah. That makes me wonder when Sabrina's coming out. Do we uh, know? The, it's soon. It's if this I think it's the, this Friday. This episode oh. drops on the twenty fourth. I think it's it's all right. Just after that, which all that's right. a good comic too. Yeah, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I will be. Although I heard that uh, fucking Kiernan Shipka is allergic to cats, so no! they severely limit the amount of screen time that Salem has because of her fucking allergy, which makes me so mad. Rude. Cast someone else. God. Salem is Ugh. very quintessential. Yeah. Whatever. I have to show you that clip of the Salem first arrives. Please do. Hell yeah. I like it. Thanks. I'm going to have to read that. This is so creepy and weird, and I love it. Well, fuck yeah. We'll see you on Halloween, witches. Yeah, we're going to talk about some other cool Halloween shit. Dun, dun, dun. You just wait. You just wait. 
It's, mm-hmm. it's coming. Yeah. In the meantime, please rate, review, and subscribe. And, uh, you know, tell your friends. Because we like it when you tell your friends how tell much you like Tell them all about us. every part of social media that we're on. Because we're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We have a website. We have an email account. And yeah. it's all GWBB Podcast. Yeah. You know what we never talk about? What? Our own personal social media. Oh, yeah. I'm on Twitter, Hannah Ferguson, H-A-N-N-A-H-F-E-R-G-E-S-E-N. I don't even Same know with Instagram. what my Twitter name is. I think it's just it's just Deanna Elise, D-E-A-N-N-A-E-L-I-S-E, and then Instagram is Miss Deanna Elise. Deanna Elise and Miss Deanna Elise. Yep. Cool. That's me. Find us. Say hello. Come say hi. Wave. And uh, until um, next time. Peace out, witches. Bye. Bye. (laughs) You were so ready. You're so ready. It's only your joke. God damn it. Thank you for listening to Good Witches, Bad Bitches. Thank you for listening. (laughs) You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Blueberry, and more. Basically anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Mm If you like our podcast, it would be really helpful if you could please like and subscribe, rate and review, share with your friends on social media, word of mouth, mm-hmm. all of that. It's great. Yes. And you can find us on Twitter at GWBB Podcast. Instagram is the same. And we are on Facebook under Good Witches, Bad Bitches Podcast. And hey, guess what? If you want to hear all of our episodes, they are all up at our website, GWBBpodcast.com. If you have a story about a woman in your life that you want to share with us and that you want us to share on our podcast at some point, you can email us at gwbbpodcast at gmail.com. Hey guys, you know what? If you like what you hear, maybe please consider a little bit of supporting us financially by visiting our tip jar. Um, The link is in the show notes. Every little bit helps. It just kind of makes it so that we can keep this going so that it has some longevity. So just think about it. See see how you feel about it. Or you can support this podcast directly by buying us a coffee on our Ko-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> so that is ko-fi.com slash GWBB podcast. Um, coffee start at $3 because that's generally the price of a fancy coffee and it just helps us keep the ship going. Good Witches, Bad Bitches is produced by Moon Bounce and powered by Pine Boom, boom, boom. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening.